Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone and welcome to Sean's Wildlife Podcast. I'm here, very lucky today, to be here at Mosswood Wildlife Sanctuary with Tracy Wilson, the founder, and it's outside um, Melbourne, between Melbourne and Adelaide, in a place called Coroit. Is that how you pronounce it, Tracy? Well done, you pronounce it perfectly, <laughs> like a true Irishman. Like a true Irishman, it's a very Irish area we're Irish in Irish. Australia net right now, yeah? It is, and it is green compared yeah. to most of Australia, actually. Too. Well, driving over here, I was like, look at the little stone walls, it reminded me of the west coast of Ireland, big time. Does, and there was lots does. of potato farms. <laughs> lots of potato farms. Just to be stereotypical. Um, so you set up um, Mosswood how long ago? Um, 13 years ago, I think it was now. It was really um, after the Framlingham fires. We had terrible right. fires in 2007, January 2005. Yeah. Fi- sorry, 2007. Um, and Framlingham Forest was largely wiped out, a very large population of koalas. So that's yeah. why we got involved in koalas, and we've been involved with koalas ever since. And then and it started with koalas, but you do take in other wildlife as well. Right? Mm. Um, started with I didn't choose koalas. It's just that we have so many koalas yeah. in our area. Um, we are also set up for specifically for koalas and seabirds. Okay. So yeah, I saw some shearwaters and uh, little penguins and things. Like yes, that. yes. So we do do. We're I think we're the only shelter for quite a large area. That so with the pool that everybody thought we were putting in for the boys when they were younger. Right. <laughs> it was actually for the birds. For the penguins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. So you've been going quite a long time now mm. and kind of doing it all on your own time and mm. on your own funds for a long time as well? Yes, it's all been on our own funds. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And recently you've just become Recently, charity, yeah. It? We've recently become a registered charity with DGR status, which is great, which that's donor recipient something or other. means that you can claim it on tax if okay. you make a donation. Yeah. Um, it was pretty much make or break. It had to become something that was bigger than just you know, someone's wage and a few yeah. very small group of people doing it all. Yeah. Um, there's less and less carers around yeah. because it's such a huge job um, and it's a big suck on your financial resources. Totally, yeah. And time and energy and people are finding that it's just too much. There's not enough support and they're handing in their permits. So we're doing more and more animals and more and more species that we hadn't really originally planned to do. Yeah, I bet. And I guess it's because, you know, there's probably national kind of large animal welfare organisations, but Australia is such a huge country. And if there's a we local are. issue, it falls to you guys to, to pick up the pieces. Largely, right, yeah. Because yeah. southwest Victoria, as you would have seen driving through, is um, a very large dairy area. Yeah, yeah. Dairy, um, beef, sheep. Mm. So it's very high agricultural productive land. Um, so the emphasis is really on food production, yeah, wildlife. wildlife. It's not really a sort of push to big topic. Yeah, yeah, no. It's very hard to get any interest in the environment here. Right, yeah, or funding, I guess. Funding um, is difficult unless there's a national disaster. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of national disaster, how have the bushfires affected you guys here? Well, the bushfires for us um, weren't as horrendous as some areas. There's nowhere near as Malakuta, bad as Malakuta was, that's for sure. Um, the fires at Bujbim, formerly known as Man Eccles, has 
Well, it's very hard to get the animals out of bush bin because the trees are so very large and climbing has been um, not possible to do due to uh, restrictions from the department on the availability to do that. Health and safety, is it? Yeah. 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 Um, so there's a lot of koalas that in that park that probably could be helped but can't be. Um, it would. It certainly affected the population within the park, not only of koalas, but there's a lot of kangaroos, a lot of really? wallabies in that park. There's lots of all sorts of things, yellow belly gliders, the list of species in that park mm. would have been huge. So it's pretty tragic. And all the small things as well. All right? the small that things that no one even thinks of. And the birds that no one really no one really knows the the fallout for birds because often they get carted away from by predators before people even know they're there. Yeah. So we got one self-crested cockatoo that, oh, it was on its last legs when it got yeah. brought in and it just, it was amazing. It was actually still walking. Really? really? Yeah, it was pretty bad. But it's birds and if they hadn't have found it when they did, Fox would have picked it up. Yeah, yeah. So total um, devastation there. Pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, pretty bad. And we don't have, as you would have also noticed, we don't have big sweeping swathes of natural bushland. We no. have... Post stamps yeah. of yeah. of so um, you know some we have had fires in the past. Ash Wednesday was an example that has roared through everything, really? everything farm yeah. like exploding cypress hedges and it was just awful. That wow. was terrible. Um, but yeah, as far as bushfire goes, I think they're they're quicker at responding now than yeah. they used to be. I noticed driving down actually two things. One was. Um, you know, every so often you'd get a road sign saying koalas and you could see the landscape changing, that there was pockets yes. of old eucalyptus yes. forest Absolutely. patchwork on farms yep. Yep. and along the roadsides where koalas are kind of clinging on. Yes. Those populations must be just so vulnerable to We have something. so it's some big environmental issues for koalas. Southwest Victoria is quite different to the rest of the states that have koalas in them. So yeah. Queensland and New South Wales have got a diminishing population. Yeah. Southwest Victoria has an increasing population. Okay. Um, but there's not a lot of knowledge about why I don't think this is. We don't have the disease like New South Wales, Queensland has chlamydia. Oh, we, it's not here? We do, we do but it's not. It's apparently nice. the strain is different and it's nowhere near as virile as it okay. is um, up north. Um, <laughs> we talk about our poorer genetic makeup down here because a lot of our koalas were translocated okay. from French Island but there's no real studies done on the population that pro probably would have been here before they wiped yeah. them out during farming and and when they hunted for pelts. Yeah. I think two different stories, two different ways of thinking of that but regardless they're here now and if you do a timeline on Google Earth it's really fascinating. If you go back to about 1994 you'll see or maybe before that 1990, you will see it. They're just, just farmland, just farmland, except for Mount right. Eccles yeah. and a couple of flora and fauna reserves, just yeah. farmland. And then we had this huge push for managed investment funds to invest in blue gums because farming, the, the financing of farming was down. It wasn't good farming so years. invest for timber, is it? <clears throat> Plantation timber. Yeah. So a lot of farmers sold their lands to uh, blue gum plantation companies yeah. um, or leased. Right. And it was a big boom thing. We had, I think, 160,000 hectares of blue gums went in wow. in the Green Triangle area. So that's part of South Australia and Southwest Victoria. Yeah. And they have done very well here. Further up north, the blue gums didn't do so well. 
But the two most important things financially for blue gum plantations to thrive is a high water table, and we have that here, and closeness to port. And the Port of Portland is the largest exporter of hardwood chip in the world. Okay, so it was the perfect area too. But then that's not a very sustainable way of, of managing forest or woodland. When it all goes in, it's all the same age and exactly. it's low biodiversity of other plant exactly. life and things, right? Exactly, exactly. Close canopy forest kind of. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, we need, um, sorry, going back to the timeline with Google Earth, if you then go to about 2000, you'll see this unbelievable connectivity Right. All created by the blue gums. I mean, when you look at it, it's like, wow, look at this. Imagine if that was forest, that'd be absolutely awesome. But yeah, yeah. all this connectivity that did not occur um, probably did prior to man coming in. and Because yes. it was a big returned soldiers area, a lot of land given to returned soldiers to okay. to produce agricultural land. Food, yeah. yeah. And presumably that's benefited some species in the short term. Has it? Uh, the the plantations? Absolutely. Plantations, yeah. So koalas have moved in from areas. So um, Bujbim Parks Victoria managed Bujbim and they had a koala management plan. It's co-management, I'm sorry, with the Indigenous people of the area, which I wouldn't do credit to pronouncing their name because I'm really bad at that. And... Um, they have been doing a koala management plan for years and right. years and years. So they catch the koalas, they do a health check on them, and they yeah. hormone implant the breeding females. Okay. So they've because it's a the manigums in in Bujbim are I'm not great on what exactly they are. the manigums are a coastal not coastal it's a, I don't know what they call it something woodlands. Um, and they're very, very significant to the area and there's not a lot of them left. So they're giving contraception to the koalas to save the, the trees? Yes, it's really yeah. to protect the trees yeah. and to keep the numbers of koalas down because yeah. it was an island prior to bluegum plantations okay. and yeah. the bluegums are planted right yeah. up around yeah. the base of, of Butchbeam. So it's allowed these animals that are, you know, it'd be like living in high density. Oh, man, now we've got semi-rural. Mm. Yeah. You know, and yeah. free supermarkets. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you know, yeah. open the floodgates. So in they came to start with. We didn't think they'd move into blue gums. So it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because mm. they're a protected species, right? All right. Only as a as wildlife. They okay. um, down here, so they're not have... listed as vulnerable or okay. anything like that. Yeah. So, but like New South Wales and Queensland, they're vulnerable or threatened. One of the two. So are they persecuted by landowners or farmers or some? Yeah. Mind you, from their point, subject, of, you know, right. it is a tricky subject because from I've seen properties that were lifestyle properties that have been absolutely decimated. The trees have been killed, and you know these landowners have gone. Some they've just gone to the most bizarre efforts to try and protect those trees and to see the trees destroyed. It's not the koala's fault, you know. Mm. They're just trying to eat. Yeah, yeah. Um, but while we do nothing, yeah. You know, it just it just makes it worse. And yeah, I do know that some people shoot them. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I could do that, but I can understand their frustration when there's nothing happening. And this has been going on for years. Yeah. Um, you well, know, the, the the whole biodiversity of our area is pretty. Well, biodiversity average. comes last on the list for many people, not us, but many other people. Uh, don't well, really see the value in it. Do it's they? not. I can remember not that long ago, and environment was a catchphrase That's and hard. people threw money at it. It yeah. was great, you know, let's plant trees. How much money do you want? Yeah. Now it's like trees. What are those things? Yeah, yeah. Why do we need them? 
Yeah, yeah, uh, you've forgotten to breathe. They make you know, our air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. We'll live in a bubble soon, so it won't matter. Yeah. Um, One of the things I heard a few years ago when I came, um, coming down through the Otways, which is obviously quite a hot spot as well, but some mm. areas of it, the, the eucalypts were all dying back. Mm. They're saying the trees are under massive pressure because of the drought, like because we've had years and years mm. and years here mm. of very hot, dry weather obviously a factor in the bushfires as well absolutely um, yeah. and the, but a lot of people kind of seeing koalas as one of the scapegoats of like they're pushing the trees past the brink um, well they kind of were yeah yeah i mean you know i'll stand up for koalas whenever possible but I, i'm a realist too yeah, yeah, yeah i'm a realist and they you know they were overgrazing already well it wasn't well, it's not so much overgrazing but we don't know why they didn't move on other than really there's a lot of messmate in our forest, and I don't know the Otways very well, so I can't really yeah. speak um, on the Otways. But a lot of people see our state forests that were all logged mm. in our area. Um, they think, oh, well, you know, koalas have got plenty of, of, of areas. What's the problem? Mm. Yeah, but those areas were all logged, and when they logged, they wanted the messmate. Um, and I can't think of its botanical name. Um, it'll come to me. It Oblica, eucalyptus oblica, because it's a very oh, good yeah. hardwood, a very, very good hardwood, yeah. really heavy, dense wood. So that was the, 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 the favoured wood. Um, so they thinned out the other woods. Okay. So you were left with almost like a monospecies. Yeah, because you didn't have the seed in the ground yeah, yeah. from the other trees. So what grew back was largely messmate. So, and the koalas can't live on messmate. Okay. They don't work like that. So, yeah, you've got these quite big areas in some places of a lot of forests but the koalas will only move through them they some of them will eat it but they can't exist on it yeah they can ex survive but not thrive kind of thing is it? well they don't even survive yeah. really they they will if they can get other stuff as well they they will try but they can't live on it like if we if we they actually did a research some research um on they kept at the Otways, trying to see if the koala's gut could cope with changing to a messmate diet. Okay. But the actual messmate is not great it's not nutritionally. nutritionally. No, it's, well, it's, it's the lowest. Okay. It's the lowest of all of all of them. Yeah. But, yeah, we have this harvesting disaster. Um, so, blue guns. Mm. I've worked with the department for ages setting up, like, trying to force... Um, formal legislation in place or statutory regulation for um, for the blue guns because they didn't have they didn't have anything in place for choirs because they didn't think they'd appear in blue guns right well we sort of kind of thanks Sharon oh. <laughs> we didn't think that they would appear mm. in blue gums like they did and um, so the blue gum industry just kind of started harvesting and so they just chopped the trees down regardless well, we got involved because we started getting injured animals. And this goes back to, I think, 2012. Mm. And they, they had no regulation. And because they, the koalas weren't an endangered species, there was nothing in all their paperwork. And they, FSC, Forest Stewardship Certification, which they all try to get yeah, because yeah, they can yeah. sell their wood for a lot more money. Um, they audit them. And they were auditing them, and it was like, well, there's nothing in place for koalas. Very long story short, yeah. myself and another shelter that was getting these animals that were, well, 
mutilated in some cases, well, I'm sure, already. Yeah, one that sticks in my mind is one beautiful, healthy female that had her arm cut off at that. Like, it was just awful. Oh, it was just awful. Um, and it was harvesters in the end that finally said, we didn't, we didn't sign up for this. Yeah. And so that company actually did approach um, the department and myself and we went out and had a look and... Because you've got to try and understand what their issues are. We'd yeah, been trying yeah. to get the industry to the table and they just kept patting us on the head and sort of treating us like we're silly little girls. And how much um, like public support have you had or have you like rallied up to try and get this on a higher agenda? Like, how... Well, it's very difficult because this area depends on it. Yeah. You know, the areas where harvesting happens, where the blue gums are, they're very rural towns mm-hmm. and absolutely, like, the employment is pretty much blue gum industries, economy, harvesters, yeah. truck drivers, um, port workers, you name it. And yeah. the industry is huge and it's, we don't want the industry to shut down. No. We never did. You we just, just we just want solutions. So yeah. the d- department did bring in mandatory regulations, so they have to apply for an, an authorisation and they have to have... Spotters now, I can remember the day they tried to laugh me out of the room and I said, well, you really should have what they have in New Queensland, which is spotter catches. That was never going to happen. Have spotters now. Good. Um, so, look, it has improved. Where did that happen before? Where did you say? I think Queensland. I think okay. I think Queensland and possibly New South Wales. But they don't. I don't think they do blue gums up there, but for land clearing and stuff or putting cutting through a pipeline or something, yeah. I think they have to have yeah. what they call spotter catches. Now, I've seen the size of some of these eucalyptus trees. They are absolutely massive. Oh, they so are. if you spot them, yeah. how do you get them down? Well, the blue gum industry doesn't. They just have to not okay. harvest. So they started off, they wouldn't end. harvest okay. that tree. And, and we were still so many issues. It's such a long story that I, like yeah. that could be a whole day's worth. Um, you can't just, well, koalas okay. move. Yeah, yeah. So, so that wasn't going to work. No and the trees can fall down. So we, you know, you have to, you have to say, you have to keep a pocket of trees. Yeah, yeah. So, so it went on. And, um, but, you know, the, the overall issue that I did then and I still will you can't just take out these swathes of land yes it was grown as a crop get it totally but you're only going to cut your own throat because if you have 200 hectare plantation here a 200 plantation hectare next next door mm. and then next door to that another one this one's got 100 koalas that one's got 100 koalas that one's got 100 koalas one of those plantations is going to end up with a lot more koalas by the end of harvesting yeah yeah and we have, as you've seen, we have very little um, roadside vegetation, yeah. very little um, native veg that's... It's quite bleak in places, Yeah, exactly. So where are these koalas supposed to go? Mm. It takes, well, they plant, it's 13 years. Right. So within 13 years of growing, yeah. you've probably got two, three generations of koalas. 13 years from planting to harvest, is yeah. it? Mm. 13 years yeah. is, is, I think that's optimum. So I think it's sort of between 10 and 15 is ideal. Depends yeah. on how good the growing yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then, so my suggestion was a permanent supply of native mixed vegetation put in at the time they're planting. Around the perimeters of them yeah. or something. To yeah, of and I mean, if you've got, so one company A does it on their stretch and company B says, oh, well... We'll do a double whammy barrier. Yeah. We'll do the same on our edge. So that instead of it only being, say, 10 metres of vegetation, it's 20 metres of vegetation. Yeah. I mean, the koalas are still going to go into those blue gums. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But doesn't that mitigate the amount yeah. of damage to be done? 
you know. But you know, and I get it. For them, that's a loss because that land is then taken up by by trees that are going to stay there instead of being a harvestable crop. But maybe you'll have less incidences, and maybe you'll have to have less spotters. And shouldn't the government be funding um, biodiversity they? strips in state plantations? But they're not state; they're privately no, owned, okay. and that's but it should, that there is be incentive for private um, planters to be putting in biodiversity strips mm -hmm. from the government. Mm -hmm. Because obviously if they're mm -hmm. pushed up to the wall in terms of profitability and exactly. they don't want to do it, what's exactly. the state There's got to be an answer somewhere. And at I the moment they're all just arguing, do you know, yeah. whether they, it should be your problem, it should be your problem, it should be, yeah. you know, the koalas are so in there. So you're fighting the koala's corner. <laughs> yeah, definitely in the koala's corner. How many corner. have you got here at the moment? I think we've got 33, but it actually could be 34, 35 now. Should we go have a look? Can, why not? Let's yeah. do that. Oh, you Don't might come across. Phone. Oh, thank you. Oh, the world's you worst at the phone business. <laughs> so these enclosures are all um, put up. So the our national disaster, yeah. um, we had the bushfires that we didn't get very many animals out of. I think we only got some total of three out of. Right. Um, but then we had this harvesting incident, which you, which was international outcry over it. I can't believe you didn't know about it because it was pretty horrendous. No, it didn't. So the news a harvested plantation. Yeah, possibly. Dominated by Brexit and coronavirus. At the moment. Brexit, you were Brexiting. <laughs> Brexit, That's what yeah, you were doing yeah, yeah. was Brexiting. So we had this plantation that had been harvested and handed back to the owner. So it was a leased okay. property handed back to the owner. And there was a whole lot of trees left. Yeah. And he got bulldozers in. They knew there was koalas there. Yeah. They were told. So when they hand it back to an owner, they have to give them this list that says you've got this many koalas on your property. Right. And they didn't want the trees left. So they bulldozed them with the koalas in it. Oh, God. It was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. Yeah. So we had our guys out there doing rescues and they were finding animals still alive under the slash oh. a week later. It was disgusting. Anyway, so that's why we got this. It just went pandemonium. They were sort of so all coming here, inundated. Like really serious cases as well, right? Well, a lot of them were the euthanized ones. out there yeah. on site. Yeah. So this was at the portable building that we managed to, to, to get. But it wasn't. It, it, it was all organised well and truly before the fires, and we yeah. didn't have it set up. But at least it was here. Yeah. And um, we, none of us can believe that we didn't have some footage of top and bottom koalas in baskets, all on IV drops. Uh, IV drips. Yeah. Sorry, it was like somewhere between twenty and thirty koalas all on IV drips, yeah. and we didn't get any footage of it. Someone did, and they did a factory reset on the phone. Really. Oh no! Yeah. Did you um? Do you have veterinary volunteers as well? Yes, we are very lucky. We couldn't do what we do if we didn't have our amazing vet who was trying to retire, but we're not going to let him. No. <laughs> so he sold his practice. He's been doing the animals in this area forever, like yeah. the wildlife um, for for no profit whatsoever. Yeah. So volunteers his time. Yeah. Look, all the vets do, but James yeah. was um in a position where he and his wife both owned the practice, so it was their choice to yeah, donate their time in kind, whereas yeah. the other practices are very, very big. And he has a natural interest in wildlife, so yeah, he has an yeah. interest in it. So we used to darken his doors all hours of the day and night with baskets yeah. full of koalas and birds and echidnas yeah. and, you know. All sorts. And he, he'll do them all. He loves snakes. It's one of the Does few he? that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love one. snakes. So, so, yeah. Big reptile and amphibian nerd. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Oh, you'd get on well with James then. You're, like... I, you're going to laugh now, being Australian, but I actually have two cane toads as pets. Can you keep them? As... Oh, my God. So They were um, rehomed, and I, I get a lot of waste. So how did they end up in, um, I don't in know Ireland? It. No, I'm, I live in London. Um, there's a big reptile hobby over there, and oh, some okay. people keep them. And Do they make good pets? 
They're quite entertaining, actually. You know, when you don't, you're not so biased against them eating all your native wildlife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get that. Uh, I get that. Yeah. Characterful, and they get quite tame, and they'll eat, you know, a mealworm really? or a cricket out of my hand. And that's my, do, yeah. Like, do you have to worry about the poison on them? No, not at all, because they're so tame and they're relaxed. And they never. That's hilarious. Never it. Yeah, That's but whenever hilarious. I tell an Australian I have cane toads, they're like, "What? Are you insane? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do you have them? Well, you know, in their there, yeah. in their own world, you know, it's yeah. like foxes in their own world are a Amazing beautiful animals, creature. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. they're a yeah. stunning animal, but yeah. it's not real good here. No, non-natives are not a good idea. No. So, so the harvest br- brought you a lot of casualties. Yes. Basically. So yeah. a lot. They were the ones that we got were all um, very, very stressed and very, very thin. Um, so they're all in these few vestiges of trees and there was, I don't, look, I have no idea. I know at one stage we had 62 that come wow. through here, but, you know, we had, some had to be shipped out. It was just horrendous. It was a blur. Yeah. Um, and we had, so James did the first two nights when it was just in our house. We just, you know, yeah. we had, but then it was like 12 animals in and it was 1.30 in the morning. Well, we weren't IVing them because it was like we didn't, we thought, oh, it's, this will be it you know we'll only get a few they'll all be dead and then by the Saturday that was Thursday by Saturday we had two vets for compassion vets here mm-hmm. and it was just becoming stupid the animals just were just coming in, in. Yeah. well it became no because it became a so the rescuers out on site were bringing them in but it became um an investigation like yeah, it was yeah. a this was legal a like- level two incident so highest is is fatal bushfire. The next one down is so these. It's it's a criminal investigation. Yeah. So it was like evidence so to be collected. As every well, koala. Maybe. Yes, they had a forensic team out there the whole bit. So every koala had to be accompanied by a DELP officer. Wow. So they were just bringing them in by the car loads, and we were like, oh, I'd get a text message. Another twelve on their way. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Meltdown, yeah. And it was like, where are we going to put these animals? Like, oh, you know, we had the house was full of them. The portable was full of them. Yeah. It was just... Chaos. Insi- insane, really was. So we just kind of did the best we could. Yeah. Had lots of help with um, pets for uh, Vets for Compassion, yeah. Animals Australia and Eiffel. Um, and we kind of got the job done. So these... We had construction happening at the same time. So yeah, we got so these sheds were sent enclosures. to us that they had to be built. Yeah. And it was like, well, we have to have enclosures. You can't keep them in sheds. So then the, and we had the men's shed. And it was just, it was chaos. I saw that on your social media. Yeah. yeah. So lots of volunteers yeah. came in. And yeah, we had men's shed and um, Kyle Hospital Centre team. We had, it was just, yeah, yeah. it was madness. And the locals were amazing too. They all rallied and people started coming. You'd see faces from, you know, from Framlingham all those years ago and mm. that all started to help again. So, mm. so how many do you keep in each of So, well, it just depends about how yeah. they get on. So there's three in here. Yeah. Um, most of the time they don't escape. One of those is a, is a teat chewer. So it used to be on a bottle, but it isn't anymore because it used to chew all the teats on the bottle. So yeah. um, I'm just noticing that the waters are getting very low in there. Do you mind if I go in and No, just of course. Walk? Let's do it. So you have to These are still under construction. We haven't got the toppings on them yet. So one of the things they obviously have to do is provide um, a lot of leaf for yeah. them. I've but seen your um, barrels and yes. trailers everywhere. Who's it's, bringing you all the Well, at the moment, because these um, guys are from an incident, at the moment the department is actually um, paying someone oh, to, to collect it. Um, yeah. We also have other volunteers that bring it out to us sometimes. And, yeah. But other than that, normally it's paid up. Um, and a couple of other volunteers that are 
amazing that go off and get it. Yeah. Um, but as you can see, these waters have been topped up. This is the third time today. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so you ear tag them all, so you know. Yes. Too, they yeah. all have to be ear tagged, and the females are all hormone implanted. Yeah. So How we. Old is that one? Three or four months. Oh, God, no. So they're born like a jelly bean, like a kangaroo. Yeah. So I really hate doing ages, but they're... Oh, 12? I don't know. I can't really oh, even see. Oh, yeah, yeah, because okay. they're like, you know, they're born this big. Tiny little things, yeah. And so they, they start ageing them as soon as they're born. Yeah. So, and... Yeah, they, they go by weight. I go by weight more yeah. than age. Um... Because you can imagine if you've got a big, a large animal, a large animal is going to be less developed yeah. at a certain age than another one. Yeah. So, yeah. and I keep forgetting we're attached. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Um, so, all these guys are young. They're all, everyone we've got left, um, the adults went out to other shelters because they, they didn't have to be in for as long. Yeah. And... Um, so several of the ones that have been handed on have already been released yeah. because they were adults or sub-adults and close to release weight anyway. Yeah. But then we discovered that some of them had mange. Oh, right. So two of the other shelters reported mange in yeah. their koalas. So we said, well, you know, that's nuts. That's so highly contagious. We're just going to treat all of them, including ours that yeah. were already in. So then all of them got treated. For, so it's a three three stage thing so you every fortnight every, week, yeah. every fortnight for three times yeah three yeah. times every fortnight With so yeah drop yeah. on stuff yeah. so and unfortunately sometimes that causes a bit of diarrhea something yeah. we get a bit we don't feel so good doesn't last long um so that's six weeks that they're in regardless yeah, yeah. <laughs> no moving of animals until that's all okay. over so, so it's hard when you've got a constant supply coming in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so they we're trying to keep them over Super that side, and yeah, so it is it's tricky, um, but you know it's really pleasing. Because one thing with the with treating them for mange, they get weighed regularly because you've got to weigh them before you treat them, so you give them the right amount. Yeah, and it's really pleasing to see that all the animals bar one have put on weight Brilliant. just in that two week period. Like I mean, obviously we're weighing them before, but that's you know a regular two week thing. Yeah. Um, and the ones we've had a couple that have put on 400 grams of weight, and they and one of those wasn't getting formula. So right. it's just relax. You can see they're relaxed now. Yeah. They're not these tense little balls of stress that they were. Yeah. Relaxed, chilling out, eating masses, good quality leaf, and they're just whacking on the weight. Yeah. They played out when they came first came in. Yeah. They just didn't do much at all. Um, they were eating, but they just weren't putting on weight. And then after about three weeks, they just sort of kind of went. <laughs> we're ready. Yeah. More leaves. Yeah. We're, we're re relaxed and all kinds do everything slowly, so perhaps that was it. They are. They are. We've often got one up in the tree above us, which sometimes has a nasty habit of peeing on us when we're in here. I was under one in um, Kennet River. Oh. <laughs> I started to pee, but I managed to dodge it. Oh, well done, because it's not a nice smell. <laughs> no. So these, we had to shut these guys out because what they do is they little shites. One can just open the damn door. Okay, what's happened? 
Um, they were spending all their time in they, here, Well, no. Well, they were coming up the door oh, and okay. getting out. So they, they come up the door and go across the roof, jumping to the tree. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we shot. Oh, and one there. Yeah, there. Yeah, we often. Oh, hello. That's that smooches. That was one of our original ones, and she doesn't like too much company, do you, smooch? So she comes in and has a bottle and leaves. But she she's means. she's in the jury shed over there. I'll take you over there. Yeah. So this is this is now called enclosure number four. So we had to give them, we had to give them names yeah. or numbers so people knew where where, where they were. Where, where, yeah. Well, can you go and do the waters in enclosure number? You know, you know so that one over there. Expanded, like, to, uh, you get within this, this came in. This is your kind of hospital here, the big yeah, well, it's getting yes. changed into one. Yeah. Um, so that happened in when did we get that? Early December, right. I think we got it. And you know, we trying to get anything done yeah. Yeah. around that time of the year was never going to happen. But we managed to get the electrician came and the plumber came, so we had power and water. Thank Brilliant. goodness. Yeah. So it's all changed in a year. Isn't it? <laughs> Oh, look. Out. So there's three in enclosure four. This is enclosure three, and yeah. there's six in here. Well, when they're all in. Yeah. So there's two. One often has I mean, to do panic stations sometimes. Oh, you can't find we do, one. especially when there's more than one, you know, yeah. or you've got an extra one in an enclosure. It's like, oh, hello, where did you come from? Um, it's a great setup the way you have branches and everything. Yeah, we call them gunyas, which I believe is actually, I'll just check that water. Um, I believe it's actually an Aboriginal word for resting tree, I think it is. What's it called? Gunya. Gunya. Yeah. I probably said it wrong, but that's mm. what we call it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's, and somebody donated the tin, actually, for these two enclosures. Great. And I think the, um, the fencing contractor, he, I think he might have donated his time to put, yeah, they. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do and then good this thing is, sometimes. <laughs> this one we just, this one was only really In just. construction now, yeah, well, to finish the last two sheds, we have to move the ones up there down out so we can okay. get the sheds because they're already in. So that was a visit from my our eldest son and two of his friends, English friends, the ones that are going to yeah. be out in the way. Um, they came down and said, oh, we need gunners in here. <laughs> get to work. <laughs> so do you want to have a quick look yeah, in I'd here? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. So the veranda for this... That's what's over there on the ground. Okay. So, but there has to, we have to have some renovation work done yeah. to that before. So, whew, it's a bit warm in here. This is great, isn't it? Have this well, space. it will be. Yeah, yeah just. Um, yeah, this will be brilliant. So you can see we sort of had. This was a, I was shadowed by this two two DELP people mm. for the entire time of the emergency. I had two DELP, Delp people. Are the yeah. Department. yeah, Department of Environment, Land, Water, and Planning. Yeah. Because it was an incident, yeah. you know, an official incident, criminal investigation. Yeah. Um, they had to have presence not only out on site, but they had to have a present here as well. Right. So um, they were my watchdogs. When someone turned up, I didn't want it. it was great. I just they were awesome, absolutely awesome. Um, so we didn't have a fridge, but yeah. that's for compassion. Send in a fridge because we had to have. It's currently got my stuff in. I had to defrost my freezer. Yeah. This green goo that they made for the koalas is a highly nutrition nutrition dense kind of yeah. herbivore formula or something. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, and this, which used to be, so this used to be the female's bathroom and a locker room. Yeah. So we ripped out the wall. Yeah. Put in all the new lovely cabinetry. Yeah. And this is now the vet's room. Well, it will be. I was going to say, um, maybe I shouldn't go back home. Maybe I should just come and work here. Well, there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'd, I'd be quite <laughs> happy here, I think, playing with James callers is, all day. James is... <laughs> James is pretty impressed with all these new toys. So the new vinyl has to go down. We yes. took possession today of his exam table. Right. I really did my back helping get out the top. Yeah. And he's operating well, an operating light. He might not necessarily be doing that much operating, but it's a really good light. It's good to have it, isn't it? Yeah. For just minor procedures. And Absolutely. Wound dressings and stuff. Yep. Did you have a lot of burns? Um, no, and we had one that was, yeah. was, we were hoping we might be able to save him, but we couldn't save him, so he put him down. Um, it's very stressful to kind it of manage is. burns as well, isn't it? Yeah, it was so painful for them. Yeah. We don't yeah. do long-term because it's torture. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this will be our amazing bedroom when it gets finished. Yeah, Thanks to Eiffel, actually. They, um, well, the cabinetry, they paid for that too, I think. Yeah, this room used and to be... And it goes on. And it goes on. But wait, there's more. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. demo is direct. Yeah. yeah, so we'll have recovery cages on that wall and a, a laundry tub and wash sink for the animals um so sorry where did you get the cabin itself who did someone donate it or yeah delp but they still didn't haven't they? given me my formal letter so i don't say it in on oh, media right. because i'm like i keep sending sending the guy at delp a message saying do you reckon you could get us that letter because i just spoke to our insurance company and he said yeah you probably can't do a claim if you want a claim if you can't prove it's your property they're not going to bloody well you know give you to get their on. Yeah, so can you please give us that letter? It's yeah. March. Yeah. Oh, it'll be great. It's finished though. So the other reason is that that's south, so you get a lovely air throw. At the moment, there's no southerly out there, but you get yeah. a nice southerly coming through. Yeah. So the airflow, and yeah. new, we'll put a new fan in because that fan, because we've done post mortems in the past and the smell is so horrendous sometimes, it's good to have a yeah, fan to pull the. Yeah. Well, even when it's not, we, James has been asked to do necropsies on penguins that have been dead for a few days that they suspect have been dog bitten, and the smell is just enough to. I know, it's the smell that doesn't leave you. For a few no, it days doesn't. After. It doesn't. <laughs> so James used to do everything. He did, um, he was your real. I've gone blank. Who was that? Um, the vet they did a TV program on years and years ago. Bondi vet, Chris. No, 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 well before that in England. What's his name? Steve Leonard. No, they did books and everything. It was hilarious. Some of the funny stories. Oh, James Harriet. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I wouldn't tell him that, but he does because he'll take. He'll have a crack at anything. They used to be. He used to do all the preg testing on the, on the cows. They, yeah. you know, they did. They did have vets, but they pretty much. He did, all the after hours yeah. and everything, and um, yeah, and he'd have a crack at, you know, broken animals, wildlife, and but yeah, so he, we can tell some pretty funny stories, but. But, yes, so when he sold his practice, obviously we had no clinic, so yeah. it was my kitchen bench. Right. And one of the funny stories I remember from that was me cooking cooking at the same time as he was taking samples from a koala's kidneys to send to a PhD research in Adelaide. And he said, you got enough kidneys over there? I was like, I'm doing chilli con carne. We do not need kidneys. No, <laughs> I've got no kidney beans, but I'll take some koala, yeah, exactly. koala beans. <laughs> So, yeah, so we sort of went, well, we either have to do this bigger and better or we have to stop. Yeah, I think, if you, yeah, if you're 
And the thing is, nobody else, I was hoping somebody else would step in and start saying, oh, you know, I really want to take this on and we could share the load. But yeah. people are just too sensible and they sort of, and it's, and it is hard if you don't have yeah. the support of a vet that's really interested and really and motivated. And also that you're on the same wavelength as well. Exactly. Right? Because there are, I would say, like you sound very sensible and pragmatic about I am, what yeah. gets released, what gets treatment, what gets euthanized. You yeah. know, it's for the welfare yeah. of each individual animal, isn't it? But yes. I have worked with some wildlife rehab people who push Nuts things cases, too far. You absolute know? Nut jobs. Yeah, we better end on that before we get too controversial. Yeah, you're probably But right. Tracy, thanks so much for having me. It's been brilliant to be shown around. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, what I'd love to do in this podcast episode is maybe highlight um the fact that like donations are still needed to lots of wildlife oh, rescue places. Exactly, there are absolutely well, right? yeah. And I mean, we we've, we've created this monster. We need to be able mm. to maintain maintain yeah. it. And do you want to have a quick look up the topic? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. this is only uh, half of it. Find out more. What's your website? It's moss. Mm-hmm. You'd ask me a hard question. <laughs> Mosswood Wildlife is it one Mosswoodwildlife.org.au. word? Mosswoodwildlife.org.au. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Thank you very much. <laughs> a little bit of help. Thank you. You so can, you can tell. You can tell. Then, I spend a lot of time on it, can't you? Yeah. Um, so we're going past <laughs> the seabird enclosure, which oh, is right. our dedicated pool for. Not our, for your kids. Not for our kids. For your feathered kids. For our feathered, <laughs> feathered ocean, visitors, ocean yeah. goers. That box there has a molting penguin in it. Does it? Molting penguins do not like anything or anyone when they're molting because they have to double their weight. Yeah, yeah. And they oh, hate this, and this one is a little... So he is pre-molt. So he was found... He, has, he still has to put on a kilo. Yeah. So he was so weak when he came in, he couldn't even stand up. So he's put on probably, feed me, feed me. Um, is it, that's a youngster, yeah? Uh, well, it... he's just starving and he knows he's starving and he just knows he needs he to eat, 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 eat. <laughs> so he, um, yeah, he needs to get a lot bigger. Um, so he'll be just eating, 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 eating like masses of fish yeah. um, until he gets to as close to two kilos as possible. Yeah. And then hopefully he'll automatically click into malt. How many do you have here? Just the two, two at the moment, the moment one in malt who gets hysterical if anyone gets too close because he's hiding. Cause and they it's do like go up the ramp. And yeah, they see. do. They do. It's great. Um, well, they try and they do try and escape through the skimmer box, which is why I've got something sitting there because they'll try and scoop. And they do. Can you'll find them sitting up in the skimmer box going, oh, oh, pick up. <laughs> we better move or you're trying Brilliant. to get yeah, over. I was gonna say, and then there's a street shear water who is hiding. We don't normally get street streaked shearwaters down this far well i've never had one before yeah. they don't normally come too far past the new south wales okay ocean was that just found like washed up on the beach exhausted mm. or something? oh less than half its body weight it really? was so thin it was amazing he's doing really well yeah. um this had to be converted from our overflow koala overflow seabirds to cygnets and ducklings this year right so we had to because they would destroy the pool yeah, we had to cover yeah. the pool so this james lent me one of his cattle troughs that we had. <laughs> that was cygnets and duckling mania, and it was I've never seen so much poo so in all my all life. Grown up now. And that's the seabird um, shed, which is yeah. all been into, but that's all original stuff. So this is original. Yeah. These two large enclosures here, yeah. all full of koalas. Um, so these two sheds. So there'll be a shed go on here. Yeah. So we've got indoor and outdoor because we really find that it helps um, if you've got an animal that's really stressed or quite quite ill 
they like to be inside because it's quiet, dark, yeah. Quiet, yeah. But it's really good to be able to not force them outside, but to be able to open a hatch. Mm. And then they, you can generally they tell when they're they starting want. to feel better, yeah. they'll take themselves outside. Right. And then it's great. And, you know, and if it's sometimes the weather down here can be pretty awful. I was going to say in the wintertime, probably they need that job. So if they're not well enough to go outside, then it's good. <laughs> Two magpies up there carrying on, oh, yeah. on the ground. Um, so, yeah, so there'll be another one down the other end. So... We'll cut a hole somehow or other. My engineering husband will create a way of attaching the shed so that we yeah. can cut a, a chute. So I think there's well, six or eight koalas in there. I can't remember. Huh? Mm. So they're full. Shed. Gorgeous magpie sound. Oh, I know. They are beautiful. You've got a, you've got a tame magpie around, don't you? Well, I don't know that he's tame. Barnaby's very much Barnaby's own bird. But Barnaby does do some absolutely hilarious things. God, there was a funny moment. We had some high-level delt people here and he put in probably his best performance ever. He came around the corner of that enclosure out there doing, you know, the John Cleese walk? Oh, yeah. I thought, what are you about to do? He came around the corner on an angle and just went flop at my feet. And I thought, oh, God, here we go, melodrama. And they're like, oh, is he all right? And I was like, poked him with my toe and he jumped up, walked about this far, threw himself on the ground. And there's a photo, that photo on Instagram when he's asleep with his yeah, head yeah. on the, that was, the that was that, whacked himself down and then went with his head onto this log, shut his eyes and went to sleep. They're characters, aren't they? Well, that's not normal for a magpie, but no. he's not normal. What's his story? Is he hand-reared? Oh, a little skink there, look. Hide from the kookaburras. They will see you. We'll take you in here. So this was our, this is our original um, Zoe's enclosure. So it was our first shed that we insulated and... This is where you'll see most of them. No, I've never seen koala poop before. Oh, haven't you? Oh, you've got lots of that. <laughs> Little pellets, almost the like guinea pigs. So you've got oh, a look. gaggle of them in there. Ah, oh, look. And there's a foot there, so there's another one in the back. <laughs> Hello, hey tiny. Oh, wow. <laughs> this one's having a little munch. And again, they love the shed. They just love it. So, they, you know, they in here... A lot. They're gorgeous, aren't they? They're good time wasters. Um, <laughs> so we have some inspirational ones that manage to get up into the shade sails. Really? And they come down, down the nectar, old dead nectarine tree and they hang out in this apple tree for the day and then they put themselves, back back in, put themselves back in. Why not? I never have the camera with me when they adventure. do it. Um, Barnaby's story was he was a late, a late magpie, came in about this big, James brought him in. Yeah. And so he didn't have a buddy because the others had already been yeah, yeah. soft released. So he, um, yeah, he, he sort of struggled to be a real bird for a while. <laughs> we had him from such a tiny, tiny midget. And then he started to integrate with the other birds, but it took him a while because he didn't really know he no, was a magpie. Bird. Yeah. Well, he did, but he just he did, and he still does very funny things. <laughs> Occasionally, he gets inside. There's a there's a wattle bird around that has a tail that the goshawk took off. Oh right. He should be around. What are you doing? Oh, sorry. Do you have gliders and things. Like no, that? that's empty at the moment. Um, when we were at the height of silliness, we actually had koalas in there and koalas yeah. in here. This one got completed 
it was a couple of us volunteers. It was pouring with rain. It was two o'clock in the morning, yeah. and we still had these basket loads of koalas to get out of baskets. And so, in the pouring rain, trying to make gunyas inside, yeah, yeah it was just insane. Um, so yeah, well, I think we had four in there and two in there, and they were everywhere. It was just, it was just madness. Yeah, it was pretty insane. And so, so that's sort of our, that's, oh no, there's one more, but wait, there's more. <laughs> so when are you going to retire, Tracy? Well, Peter keeps telling me he's retiring um, when he gets to 60. He's always said he's going to retire at 60. Well, that's in June. I don't see it happening. We've still got one son at university. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is what we call the training tree. The training tree. Yeah, so... Yeah. When they sort of come, they're coming off formula and they're yeah. sort of, you know, they're juvenile delinquents basically and they yeah. have to toughen up a bit. Um, this is our toughen up tree and you can, it's perfect for learning to jump yeah. and climb and tear around. It's got heaps of different branches. Yeah. So. Oh, look. <laughs> Hello. Oh, Morky, oh, it's a hot day. They do seem to have the life, don't they? Oh, it's hard. <laughs> That is so funny. <laughs> Just sitting there next to his ladder. Yeah, it does look a bit like he's used it, doesn't yeah. it? Um, so this is actually not a koala tree, so it's a swamp mahogany. Okay. They do nibble on it, but so it's good, so they won't strip it. But we make sure that they've got plenty yeah. of leaf up in the tree. Yeah. Um, and they generally stay there, and you generally know it's time to move them on when they decide to go or walking. I was going to say, do they come down and start wandering property? Or when they start doing that, it's time, time to, to go. yeah, it's time to go. Um, and sometimes, if you, oh god, sometimes you'll get them that they're. <laughs> Hello. Did you move? Hello. How are you doing? That's tickles. What's the name? Tickles. Oh. No. They're adorable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take it out. Take a selfie with this one. Closest <laughs> one I've got to. <laughs> Might get real close if you're not careful. <laughs> Nearly grabbed my head. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I'll do anything for milk. Oh, is that it? Yeah, I'll stand on my head or. She's very photogenic. Very gorgeous. I might top that water up before it melts. You have to be obsessive about it because it, yeah, especially, I'll just, I'll just turn so it does, especially if it's new leaf because it's still drinking. Yeah. Like, this is definitely throw out material. The water bottles on the trees because it's all cut stuff, so it yeah, loses moisture. Absolutely. So quickly, yep. yeah. And the Do they have to kind of learn to take water, standing water? Oh, but they don't drink bottles. it, it's just the trees. Oh, okay. Just the trees oh, so you drink it. This, yeah, the yeah okay. absolutely. Oh, I they were doing it as well. Sorry. Oh, actually, occasionally. And this is a growing concern. This is one of my concerns mm -hmm. because I'm not just a wildlife. I don't. My mission isn't just to try and save them because what's the point if they've got absolutely nowhere to go? It's pointless. It's habitat as well. Yes, absolutely. And it's. I think it's an indication that our habitat is not doing so good um, because we're finding more and more koalas. Like raised in the same way, you know, joeys, yeah. um, same same regime of formula, blah blah blah. Same amount of, you know, really good 
um, healthy trees and they, we're starting to see signs of possible renal issues. Oh, um, so you get is it? Or? Well, not even some of them not even showing signs of that, just suddenly going from the most vital looking joey yeah. to um, you know, in a couple of weeks you're looking at at euthanizing. It's just really? yeah, and, and last year was a not a good year and we say and we radio track. Mm. We're on a permit um, with Deakin University Desley Wilson to radio track. Yeah. And so we get to radio track some of our babies and it gives us so much valuable information. And in the past, we haven't had any, any, any joeys mm. fail. We had one that we think might have been an accident. We think a tree fell in a really bad storm and hit it. Um, but prior to that, um, yeah, really, really great success rates. And last year, we had a couple that just just failed like had been fantastic and just failed really? and we don't know you know like too late to do a post-mortem on one of them but we've got several that are drinking water yet look perfectly healthy well is it you know we had a hire in the um, PhD study that this lady did mm. we actually because we provided um, samples yeah and we actually had a higher rate than we thought we we'd get. Selfie together with this one. Sure, hang on, I'll just turn the hose off, otherwise yeah. we'll... I think I did all the waters. it would be a good picture for the uh, podcast cover. <laughs> you know what will happen, she'll move. Yeah. And then we'll have to go and catch her and squeeze her and make her stay still. <laughs> so that's a concern, is that I think yeah. that the... Um, well, they say that, you know, the... Leave, the trees are starting to absorb more and more carbon dioxide, so it's changing the chemical compound. Okay. Where is she? She's there. Brill. <laughs> You're a very obliging little model. She said it's hot. Hello. I don't mind when it's hot. Oh, she's so gorgeous. She's cute. Thank you. Hmm? That's lovely. Hi. It's actually really good. The front one yeah. is actually really good because it's so it's quite low. So you can, I use that as my room where I have to inject. Yeah. So if I have to stab a wild one, it's like really good because they can't get too far oh, away yeah. from you. So I can always get them in there. Do you have to sedate them sometimes and things, is it? Or? No, you just have to be damn quick. Okay. But you're injecting them what with medications, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Antibiotics or pain yeah. relief or something, yeah. something like that. But actually, come and have a look. You're quite welcome to have a look at them. We have one that won't go outside. Oh, really? I don't know why. They're funny. They really are funny. So these have all been... We try an ear tag um, and hormone implant or a local or yeah. a female hormone implants. Yeah. Um, whoops. Caught it on my jeans. So this mm. one. Hello, dear. See, it's great. They can't get too high, so I can always get them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I can dive behind a branch. Okay. Um, what happened to you? You were she was the breakwater girl, so she was found on the breakwater with all the tourists going oh, right, to chase yeah. her into the ocean, and you know. Poor girl, huh? Yeah, one of those green plants. So you can see there's a hatch. 
She can quite oh, yeah. happily go if she wants she to. She loves to be inside. I don't know why. Perhaps she's worried about the coronavirus. Maybe. She's practicing self-isolation. <laughs> <laughs> so she's got a neighbour out the back. It's the other warnable one. She just doesn't like her neighbour, maybe. No, maybe not. Oh, well, the neighbour only went in last night. Ah. So, oh, there she is. She's she's gorgeous, healthy koala. Oh, yeah. She is really, and she's got a, a pinky in the pouch. Does she? Mm. Do you check that when they come in? Yeah. Is there, there's no Definitely way of knowing outwardly, is there? Um, if they've got a pinky, oh, the size hers is no, no. Not, but as like, they get bigger, not, like, looking down into it or doing sometimes when they're or? bigger, they they sit funny. Okay. You can tell it's just uncomfortable, so they sit more hunched. Yeah. And they're it's a willy wagtail. I was going to say, what's that little bird? The little willy wagtail. They are gorgeous little birdies. They are the. Was that him making that noise? Yeah, yeah, noise? yeah. That's warning. Go away. Yeah. Um, he must have a nest around. But they are the unsung heroes. They'll take on anything. They'll take really? on which I'll do. Eagles. They'll chase them and wow. scream at them and carry on. Yeah. And the the male and the female, they'll they'll play decoy. Okay. So they're it's amazing to watch. Yeah. They'll. We had one that nested in the shearing shed, and and the Jenny would hop around like she had a broken wing. Yeah, drag herself along. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. They can't drag the wing yeah. along the beach and, you, and then, like, you know, gulls or something. Fox distracted or to them, yeah. Run down after them and yeah. their eggs or chicks. Amazing. They really are birds. They're just great, aren't they? Isn't it? They're just so intelligent. Yeah. And yet they've got a tiny brain, and look at us humans with yeah. our big brain and. Destroying everything. Gotta give it to us. We're good at it. We're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Well, look, that was absolutely brilliant. I had a great time. I've never been so close to a koala. That little one wants to come home with me, I think. It does. <laughs> Tickles. Um, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. And um, I will spread the word far and wide. Good on you. Um, thank you. Try and get you some donations and keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks Big so great. much. Pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sean's Wildlife Podcast with myself, Sean McCormick, produced and edited by Thomas Dinas. If you're enjoying the series so far, I would really appreciate if you consider donating to our Patreon link below. That will really help us out with producing the podcast and covering the costs involved. See you next episode. Mm-hmm.